Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to r slash nuclear revenge, where a college footballer commits a horrible atrocity at school, goes to prison for it, and ends up being murdered inside. He assaulted my girlfriend, so he died in prison. Before I start the story, I need to make a few things clear. All the names in this story are changed to protect our privacy. This story is from one of my older friends, so a few details may be messed up. Also, there is one massive detail or piece missing from this because people will be able to find out who this story is about if I include this detail. So part of this may be slightly confusing. My friend, Joe, was one of the smarter people at school and was kind of a nerd. But when he was 15, he started dating a girl named Lily. Lily used to date the star football player named Max. Max still really wanted to be with her, but he was pretty abusive. After Joe dropped Lily off at her home, he walked back to his. This was after school. He found Max and his gang at his home. Max and his other friend, Sam, beat him up and the others stood around, cheering them on. They'd broken one of his ribs and his left arm and leg. About six months later, after summer break, Sam turned 16 and was given a nice infinity car for his birthday. Joe skipped a period and walked a few blocks to the grocery store and he buys a dozen eggs and a bunch of Nutella. He mixed it with warm water and put it in a squirt bottle. Now Sam's car was parked off campus away from security cameras. Sam had left the back window open and Joe used the open window to unlock the car. He spread Nutella, which really looked like dog poop, all over the seats. He spread the raw eggs on every surface of the entire car. I don't know Sam and Max's real reaction, but it did involve them being embarrassed, gagging, puking, and a lot of cussing and death threats. Two years later, when they were all seniors, Max and his new friend, Ben, were at a party that Lily happened to be at. They took her into the back room and assaulted her. I was at Joe's house, I was 15, when Lily burst in, sobbing. Joe went back with her for about three hours. At about 4 a.m., he came out and explained what happened. Max and Ben had stripped her down and made her play with them. I don't think I can talk about what else happened on this subreddit. This made Joe mad. A few weeks later, during another party, Joe burnt Ben's car. He had a thing for destroying cars. No one had been in it as Joe wasn't a murderer. Skip forward about seven years now. Joe is 25 and he found out that Max ended up in prison. Joe called up a friend of his who was in the same prison that Max was in. At the time, Joe told me that his friend had beat up Max and that someone else had later killed him and that he didn't order that death. I later learned what really happened. Max had been SA'd by the other prisoners and then beat up. Apparently, Max wasn't very well liked in prison and someone else had murdered him. Joe did not order his death, but I won't say that he was anything but smirking when he learned that Max was dead. A few things to wrap up the story. Joe is happily engaged to Lily, Ben was killed during a gang fight, and Sam dropped out of college and had three wives within five years. I've got no idea what happened to him after this. All right, now obviously guys, a few details here are missing, but OP has addressed those in the comments. They say, 
The part about the parties is missing a major detail about some revenge. But I didn't out it in the story because it involves some things that would make who we are immediately obvious to certain people. They continue. I also want to clear something else up. My friend did play a part of getting Max into prison, but it wasn't entirely him. I should have added this to my story though. Then another commenter says, I may know you. Without giving too much detail, was this in the PNW? Also, he deserved it. And then Opie replies, if PNW means Pacific Northwest, then yes. So look, obviously we don't have all the details here, but it seems that some people know what was going on and this story definitely is real. Well, what a way to start today's episode. Um, All I can say is karma. You do something as horrible as that, and let's be honest, you kind of deserve it. It sounds harsh, but so is assaulting somebody. I guess the moral of the story is, if you're gonna have the body of a star football player, maybe stay out of prison, and also don't drop the soap, you mug. All right then, moving on to our next story now. Now, because that first one was pretty hard-hitting, let's go with something a little bit more light-hearted. Neighbors kept parking in our lots. I froze them out. This happened around 20 years ago. Our family owned two apartment buildings, three units each. We lived in two of them and rented out the other four. There's nothing but these three flats lining both sides of the road for about a mile. Not all have parking. On the side streets are houses and very little street parking. We had more land than most of these units since it was also our home. So we had parking for around 16 cars. Everything was fine for literally decades. Then cars started appearing in our parking lot that were not our tenants. I blocked one in one day. I went outside to see this butthole had driven through our bushes and across the yard to get out. I called the cops, there was nothing they could do. So I called a tow company and had them put up signs. We'd have to call them to have a car towed, but the signs seemed to work. No more random cars. Until New Year's Eve one year, I arrive home and every space is filled. There are even cars on the street blocking in other cars. I'm beyond fuming. I call the tow company. They can't do anything for a few hours because they're so busy. We're in the Chicago suburbs. It's below zero out. I have an idea. I dig out the lawn sprinklers and hoses. I run one hose inside to the laundry room faucet and turn on the hot water. This way, the hose and sprinklers won't ice up. But the cars and ground sure did. Three sprinklers moved every half hour or so for almost five hours. Every car, every square inch of the parking lot, the street by the cars encased in ice. I made it a point to spray ice in the locks between the window seals and glass in the grills. I put away the sprinklers and hoses and went to bed. 4 a.m. Furious pounding on the doors, doorbells ringing non-stop. We just smiled and called the cops, waited until they arrived and then went outside. The cops were holding back laughter. These people were told to park here by their friend who owned an apartment several buildings away. The same idiot who drove over our bushes. I pointed at the tow sign and told the people to move their cars or get towed. In our town, cops can ticket on private property with the owner's permission. So all cars were ticketed. They were also towed since of course, nobody could get in their vehicle. I wish we had it on video. Now this is what I love to see. No one directly getting hurt by this. Lots of people losing money and it's all deserved. Imagine the inconvenience. You've come home from a new year's party and you're like, oh my gosh, 
can you just imagine? You're, you look at your car and it's just a block of ice. Just picture that for a second. Sensational. You know what? You could say that it's not fair that all these guys, you know, take the brunt of it because their friend told them to park there. Yeah, I get it. Their friend told them to park there, but they were the ones that parked there without looking around and thinking, oh, can we actually do this and not just blindly take my friend's word for it? If you see a sign that says, do not park here or you'll be towed, private property, maybe don't park there. I think they deserved it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. New ownership takes over and Guy goes on vacation for two years due to stupid new rules. A family friend was working at the same company since he was 26 up to when he was 64 when the below started. I did get his approval to retell the story, just not include anything specific. So I'm keeping it anonymous and quite general on those details. Part of the problem was the laws in the country increasing the retirement age from 62 to 65 when he was in his early mid 50s, and then again from 65 to 67 when he was about 62 or 63. The old owners were a family and ran the business with benefits to the employees. From everything I've heard, I think they were giving an extra vacation week after every six years at the company. So on top of the standard four weeks, he had an extra six weeks at the time of these events. Also, people had access to two weeks of working home office when their job allowed them to or an extra week off for those that couldn't use it. So he was getting 11 weeks off each year. As a bonus, the family owners were allowing people above 55 to use their vacation time as they desired. All at once, with about a two weeks notice, which was just a courtesy, according to the guy, or segmented, or even not use it, and pile it up for when retirement came. Another issue we have in our country is that when you submit retirement paperwork to the government, they take freaking ages. So it's often the case that they may take over two years to calculate what to pay you and start paying you. Of course, they pay back that time, but it's still an issue. For the period they delay and calculate, you are getting only the minimum amounts. But this guy had already about 44 years of experience and a bit more ahead of him as an engineer and a well-paid one, which meant a great retirement amount. So the owners allowed for people to gather up their weeks of time off at the end of it and take 20 to 30 weeks off while submitting their retirement paperwork. So the money being paid would last them longer into the calculation period. Of course, some didn't use it, but many did. The company then gets sold because the owners saw that the writing was on the wall and their profits wouldn't last for more than six to seven years more and they wanted out. It was due to old age as well. New ownership, part of some Coca-Cola subsidiary, takes over and then starts removing those previous rules. In this guy's position, there were two others. There was him, a second colleague and a third one. They push out the second, fire him, and the third one has a heart attack literally a week later. Rest in peace. They also go and dock his pay by 15% because you are making too much for a simple engineer. Now, these three workers actually held a patent for the machinery used on something specific. 
a second one on how to make that machinery, and a third one on the process of the production of a small but significant part. The old owner had allowed them to put the patents on them when they invented a new, 30% cheaper and 75% faster, way of production years ago. So suddenly this guy is all alone in his position at 64 years old, and the company hires six people for him to train in that position. At the same time, they give up to the end of the year for all the piled up vacation time to be claimed. Notice the wording, claimed, not used. It turns out this guy had been using between one and five weeks for the past decade. So he'd gathered 87 weeks of time off, including the current year, but the new bosses hadn't looked at specific cases, apparently. They get him the six new people to train, and they tell him that he needs to have them all trained in six months. He still has 2.3 to 2.5 years until retirement. So what does this guy do? Well, he just goes and takes 87 weeks of vacation time with a three hours notice on a Friday evening, starting the upcoming Monday. Still, no advance notifying is required. They don't pay attention until the next Thursday, when the CEO notices the new six hires sitting around all day with nobody training them. Sorry to interrupt, but can you imagine just taking 87 weeks of vacation? That is mental. The phone calls start, then the emails, then letters get added into the mix, then home visits by low-ranking secretaries and such to deliver the letters, then management visiting his home. By week seven, the CEO has visited three times, but the door hasn't been opened once. His mother-in-law lives literally across the street. She's an old woman, and him and his wife are taking care of her. So most of the time they're over there and can just see everybody visiting their house. The production is actually still managing to run by itself, but no upkeep is done on that critical part of it. By week 11, he says that line one out of the two breaks down. At this point, they start visiting his house three to four times per day. Two weeks later, the second line breaks down. He obviously has a lot of friends inside and is getting constant updates. At that point, they have only four weeks of backstock to keep the rest of production running. It's December, right before Christmas, and he goes in during week 13. He says he needs to take some things from his locker room and the CEO starts yelling at him. You are stopping your time off right now. You're coming back to work to fix everything up. So he offers to come back for three days under an agreement that the entire week will be returned to him to use for time off. The CEO reluctantly agrees and tries to push him also to start the training. No budging though, only fixing things up and go on vacation again. By Saturday, everything is fixed up and he even leaves a couple of basic instructions on what needs greasing every week. Then he's off again. A few weeks pass. The new year has come around and a line is broken again. He gets called back and the CEO pretends like the previous deal will be used again. He goes in for two days, fixes everything, explains a couple more things to the team of six, who by now have other duties, not just sitting around all day. And when he's about to leave, the CEO says, tomorrow at 8 a.m. The guy says, what? And the CEO explains, you could claim your time off by the end of last year. You just ended your claim time off, so you're losing the remaining 69 weeks. The guy is furious and just goes stray and reports the company to workers' rights. They're actually dumbfounded by the time off he's amounted and the lady serving him calls her colleagues to listen in. They're laughing their butts off by his story. And they actually issue a verdict the next day. It usually takes weeks, but apparently they had too much fun with this one. 
He is to get all of his time off under the previous rule for the time accrued up before the rules changed. So he has his 69 weeks. It actually should be 70 due to him getting the one he worked on renewed by their deal, but he lost that one. And he also has the six weeks from the new year. So he goes in with that verdict and gives it personally to a fuming CEO. According to the guy, steam was coming out of his ears. The CEO unwillingly accepts the deal with the guy coming in for three days every five weeks off. If he's needed during his time off, tough luck. They should work to produce backstock. A full year goes by that way and the guy is 66 at this point. He's been training the six slowly every five weeks and he's on his last visit before he takes his last five weeks off. The CEO goes to him and delivers personally a firing notice for the first day he'll be back. He plays shocked and leaves for another five weeks. This one is a problem because if you apply for retirement even a half year early, you're losing significantly more than just that small period. And he has about 10 months ahead of him until retirement. His last five weeks expire and he goes in to gather his stuff. Only a coffee cup was remaining. He knew this was coming and had already taken everything over time. He got an extremely big payout for the firing with no cause. The next day, he sends a cease and desist letter to the company for the use of the three patents. He'd spoken with the guy that was originally fired, who had agreed with this revenge plan. He'd also talked with the widow of the now dead friend and colleague as well, and had both of them on board. Actually, he'd been supporting the widow, but he didn't say anything to anyone. I found this out very recently from the other guy. So now the company has to stop using those machines and his method with zero notice. All their competitors have found and built and patented their own versions of the same thing. And if they don't find a solution, it's gonna cost 40% more and take about double the amount of time to produce the same part of the procedure of production. So they would need to double the lines if they went and used the old method while they look for a new one. After just three weeks of looking to license the method of one of their competitors and not getting anywhere, stock being extremely low by that point, they struck a deal with the guy. He will be an external contractor who obviously keeps the patents in his name and will be doing the maintenance on his own, paid by the hour where he was previously making in a full day and will be on call for maintenance while having one person there at all times for upkeep. He went and stole all six of the people he trained and hired them in his new company and put them back to work at that factory again with almost double the pay they were receiving. He fully trained them very quickly and was now getting paid loads. That CEO was fired for almost stopping production. The deal was struck merely hours before backstock ended and he also cost the company a ton of money by firing that guy. At the funeral of the old owner, many of the old employees met up and told their different stories and apparently there were three more similar cases with patent holders because the old owner treated his team extremely well. But this guy was the only one to string on the new owners for almost two years by going on vacation and getting paid. All of them had a great laugh, including the widow of the owner and his sister, who were the other two partners in the factory before it got sold. To be honest, the main thing I've taken from that story is how crazy it is that you can have some owners or bosses that are so amazingly nice, like this person's first bosses, the original owners of the company, who after an employee did something so amazing and invented a great way of doing something that would save them so much time and money, let them patent it. I mean, that is just, that is so selfless and amazing. And then you get the new owners who just say, you know what, F you, you're doing everything by my rules and you're having no vacation. Like, it's crazy that two people like that can exist. It's funny and it's great because you know what? You did the right thing here. 
and just literally abuse your power. Good stuff. I really think the new owners should have just done more research and found out what was going on in the company before they came in. Like, do your due diligence. Don't just go in and then expect everything to be the way you think it's going to be. If someone's owed 70 plus weeks of vacation, then they're going to take it. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it's your own fault that you didn't realize that before buying the company. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.